for me, it's been really powerful just to know that wearing my hair in its natural state is an option, you know, to feel comfortable in my own skin, to show up fully as who I am. I'm Sharia Woods. I'm a dreamer, a mom, and a community builder. I've always loved learning people's stories and figuring out how to keep getting better. And I created the Rise Society podcast to give you the inspiration and step-by-step strategies you need to get clear on what you want so you can design a life you love. If you know there's something bigger in this world for you and you're ready to figure out what it is, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back. Today, I am going to be talking a little bit about my hair journey. And so I'm going to share my hair story. um, And then I'm going to tell you, um, take you behind the scenes and how I do my wash and go and also share some of the tips and tricks that I've used to actually help my hair grow over the past couple years. And I will say that it wasn't on purpose. It's just a lot of different changes that I happened to make that seem to have had a really positive impact on my hair. So I'm going to share those with you. Um, So first, my hair story. So when I was growing up, I had very um, long, healthy hair. Um, And when I was in sixth grade, and before then, I started begging my mom for a relaxer to straighten my hair because, you know, I just wanted to be able to do it myself. And the hairdresser that we went to would often make comments like, when are you going to get a perm? Like, your hair is going to be so much easier to take care of. And so I just really felt like it was the next step. It kind of reminds me of how my son now is begging me for a cell phone. Like, it just felt like everyone had one. I wanted one too. Um, So I got my first perm in sixth grade and then wore my hair relaxed until I got to college. And then when I went to college, I went to USC. It was in LA, which is actually a really dry climate. And so the need for a relaxer is not like it is here in the South. If you want to wear, I live in Texas now, if you want to wear your hair straight. And I started meeting girls who'd never gotten relaxers and their hair was so long and healthy. And I was just like, I felt like I had been tricked. (laughs) And so um, I started going to a new hairdresser and she had a lot of clients with natural hair. And she was just like, your hair is super soft. Like there's no reason that you need to relax your hair. And so we just started growing it out. I just never got a relaxer again. And I didn't even really notice because I was going to get my hair straightened every two weeks anyway. And so I didn't actually see my hair in its natural state, like not straightened, not relaxed, chemically relaxed or anything like that until I had fully grown out my hair. So it was like over a year. Um, And I washed my hair and I remember thinking like, oh, wow, like this is a completely different texture and actually enjoying that texture. And when I went to um, study abroad in London my senior year, I did not have a stylist there. So I wore my hair natural the whole time. Enjoyed that, but did not know what I was doing. And actually my hair in the middle broke off a lot. I think looking back now, maybe I wasn't moisturizing it enough, but whatever I was doing, it didn't work. So I got back, started getting my hair straightened again, not chemically, but just going back to um, a flat iron and did that into my career. Yeah, so sometimes I would wear my hair natural on the weekends, but then I would straighten it or pull it back for work. 
And that's pretty much what I did for all of my early career. At one point, I went to work for a collective impact in South Dallas, which is a primarily African-American community. And so I felt really comfortable there and I would wear my hair natural sometimes. And so usually I would do a twist out or something like texturized to make it look in my mind, you know, more presentable. But then I left and went to another job. Felt like it was kind of a more corporate environment. So I started wearing my hair to work straight again. And that's what I did for several years. For me, it started changing again during the pandemic because I was home all the time. I was not going to my hairdresser anymore. I am not good at straightening my hair. (laughs) I learned that, that I will break it off. My hair is very soft and delicate. And so I was wearing my hair natural at home, usually pulling it back for Zoom, and I actually did some braids and different things. So so as we started going back into the office, I had to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. We were doing all of these conversations at work around equity. And I remember one conversation in particular where I was talking to some coworkers about my hair. And I was like, you know, my hair is naturally, you know, curly or coily. Um, I don't wear it that way because, you know, I was told as a child that that wasn't professional, you know, it wasn't the way you should wear your hair. You know, my coworkers were just kind of (laughs) confused. You know, they're mostly um, white women who were on that call and they were like, well, why? What's wrong with your hair? Like, why can't you wear curly? And it just sent me on this journey of like reflecting about why I didn't feel comfortable wearing my hair in its natural state to work made me wonder how much of it were was the um, reality and how much of it was in my head at this point or like how I was raised because there were women at my job who were wearing their hair natural. And as I continued to reflect on it, it seemed like a lot of the people who were like ahead of me on my career journey that were like on boards so or really high powered women, the majority of them were wearing their hair straight. And I think the message that was sending to me was like, well, if you want to keep progressing, you want to be invited into certain rooms, then you're going to need to wear your hair straight. But as I started even digging deeper, it was like, well, how do I feel about that? Like being the next generation of women that young Black women are going to be looking towards to see what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. If I choose to wear my hair in its natural state, I'm already in a lot of those rooms. And so that could be a way for me to let them know that they are okay. Like however you choose to wear your hair, however you choose to show up, you are okay. At the Around that same time, I... Um, got pregnant with my daughter. And so, you know, reflecting on that and like, how do I want her to feel about her hair? Do I want her to feel like in order to be pretty like mommy, she needs to get her hair straightened. And so I really started thinking about, you know, going natural, wearing my hair in its natural state most of the time. And that's what I've been doing. And I'm not going to say like, okay, I'm going to wear my hair this way forever. Like, it's not like I'm vegetarian or some sort of moral stance. For me, it's been really powerful just to know that wearing my hair in its natural state is an option, you know, to feel comfortable in my own skin, to show up fully as who I am. I remember the first time that I went to work with my hair natural, it was via Zoom, but I had my hair curly and it just felt good. Like I felt free. I felt like I was showing up as myself unapologetically. I think there's something powerful about that. 
you know, from what I can tell, it's been well received. I don't even know if it's been a big deal for anybody. <laughs> but for someone who like thought that wasn't an option, it was a big deal for me. So that's my my story, my journey. I wear my hair natural most of the time now. Um, I do when I go in to get my trims, I will get a blowout and wear my hair straight and still think it's really fun. I think it's really pretty. I've been going natural, I would say, for 15 years and since I was in college and um, there were definitely some dark times <laughs> along that journey, figuring out how to take care of my hair. So if you are going on that journey or if you're already natural, but you're trying to figure out some easier ways to maintain your hair, I wanted to share a little bit about my process. And everything that I'm going to tell you is in a wash and go guide freebie that I made. And in the show notes, you can find the link to download it. So don't worry about taking notes or anything like that. It'll all be right there for you. So for my wash and go, I tend to have a really dry, flaky scalp. I haven't had issues with my scalp as much lately since I've done some dietary changes and also been wearing my hair natural. If I do see flakes in my hair, the first thing that I do is prep my scalp. And so I use Carol's Daughter's Goddess Strength Hair and Scalp Oil. Um, and it comes with an applicator on it. And so I use that. I'll go through my whole head, oil it, and then massage it in. Um, and I may leave it on for like 30 minutes to an hour before I wash my hair. So that just kind of helps get my scalp conditioned and prepared. And since I do tend to have a flaky scalp, I use a anti-dandruff shampoo called Nizerol. That was recommended to me by a doctor and it's really helped my scalp. I didn't mention this before, but that was actually part of me going natural because I had to wash my hair like every three days um, while I was first using that shampoo. And so I had to figure out how to wear my hair in a way that was manageable since I was not going to be able to straighten it every three days. So I had to figure out how to do a wash and go. And so I use the shampoo once a week. Um, if I wash my hair more than once a week, then I skip the shampoo because I don't want to you know, overly dry out my hair. I do use shampoo once a week and um, that's helpful for clarifying my scalp and keeping my scalp healthy. So once I wash my hair, then I condition it and detangle it. And I alternate between two conditioners. I have Carol's Daughter Cocoa Cream Conditioner, and then I have the hair mask. And so the conditioner is a little more lightweight than the mask is like a thicker, um, richer conditioner. And so I use a generous amount of whichever one of those I'm using that day. Um, and then I finger comb it while it's wet. And so I'm, I do this in the shower. So my hair is like soaking wet. And so that starts the process of detangling it before I'm even, you know, out of the shower. Sometimes I will brush my hair out with like a wig brush during this process to just help detangle it. I usually do that on the days that I use shampoo. So once about once a week, I will fully detangle my hair. But if I'm just doing a quick wash and go, I'll just finger comb it and kind of make sure that it's not super tangled. And then after I do that, um, I rinse my hair and then I use a leave-in conditioner. And so the leave-in that I've been using that I really, really love, I noticed a tremendous change in my hair when I incorporated this into my process. It's called Kinky Curly Not Today Leave-In Conditioner. And so I will saturate my hair with that. And I buy it in a three-pack. I cannot be without. 
<laughs> that leave-in conditioner. It's awesome. And so still while I'm in the shower, hair soaking wet, I will finger comb a generous amount of that leave-in conditioner in, in my hair. And so when I get out of the shower, my hair is pretty much like it's halfway there. It's pretty much detangled. It um, has a curl pattern to it already. Uh, and it's still super wet. And so then when I get to my sink, I have my products that are not in the shower. The first thing that I do is apply Carol's Daughter's Cocoa Cream Coil Enhancing Moisture Butter. Very long name. Um, but it's basically a heavy cream. Um, and I've used a lot of different ones, but the Cocoa Cream line for my hair has been really good. I think my hair tends to be dry. And so this one is really helping to moisturize my hair. So I finger comb that through. My hair is still pretty wet. And so I finger comb that through all the way, making sure to get the middle, top, and just really work that through my hair. And then I layer on a mousse. And so I use, I believe it's pronounced dew, mousse deaf texture foam. And I, again, you can download the full guide that has all the products in it. So if I'm not pronouncing that right, it's spelled D-O-U-X and it's French. And so it's not a French product, but the name is French. Um, and so I finger comb the mousse into my hair while it's pretty much soaking wet. And just like the leave-in, when I added this to my flow, I noticed a tremendous difference because it really helps to like lock my hair into the curl pattern. And so um, that's what helps me just be able to leave the house with my hair wet and not have to worry about it transforming into something that I did not expect. So for about the first year that I wore my hair natural, I did not actively dry my hair. And so I would use the mousse foam. That was the last step. And then I would just let it air dry. Um, now that COVID is over and I'm having to go out more, I will use a diffuser on occasion because it's too cold to go out of the house with my hair wet. And then also now that I'm back in the office, like people want to hug you and different things. And then I don't want them getting like wet hair on their face. So I have to put myself together a little bit more and dry my hair. That has been a new process for me. So I don't have a ton of tips on that yet. <laughs> As I perfect it, I'll let you know. But, you know, I, I tend to just diffuse it enough that it gets dry enough that it will be dry by the time I get where I'm going because I don't really have the patience to just stand there and diffuse my hair for 30 minutes. But that's my whole routine. And so it's really easy um, on wash days. I can give myself like an extra 10 or 15 minutes and be able to be ready to go. And so for me, that was a game changer because when I twist my hair, or braid my hair, it takes forever to dry. And so I have to either do that the night before or plan to be home and twisting it and braiding it takes a lot of time. And so that wasn't really a viable option for me to wear consistently. Now that I can actually wash my hair and go, that's a different thing. And I'm able to wear my wash and go for two to three days um, and it stays you know, pretty manageable. It just gets bigger every day. And if I wanted to go a whole week, I could even pull it back into like a loose bun or um, pin it into a tight bun. And so I have options to stretch it out. So that's worked really, really well for me. Again, this is all written down. So if you want the tips, you can grab them. The other thing that I wanted to talk through is how the changes I've made that have really helped my hair grow. And when you download the book, you can see like a picture of me with Ava on my chest um, when she was first born and I was wearing my hair natural and it's like a short kind of bob length. And then in March 22, about six months later, my hair is natural 
same process being used and is touching my shoulders. And so I, I had a lot of growth that first year. And most people have growth when they're pregnant, but my growth came after I had Ava. And I credit a few things for that. First was really clearing up my scalp. And so I've had flaky dry scalp pretty much my whole life. Tried a lot of things, fix it. And this time it was a lot of dietary changes that I saw make a big difference. And so I was working on getting healthy after having my baby. I wanted to lose weight when I can you know, talk about that in another podcast, the process I went through for that. I was eating a lot of vegetables, drinking a ton of water and just really eating healthy. And so my scalp just started clearing up. And I was also using the medicated shampoo that I mentioned earlier, um, but I had already been using that and saw some improvement. But when I changed my diet, it was just like a different situation. Another thing that I changed, I'm not great about protecting my hair at night. It had done okay. And so I wasn't too worried about it. Um, but one of my hairdressers was, or my hairdresser was talking about how important that was. And I started thinking about it and I was like, well, I don't really want to wear a bonnet, but I could pineapple my hair at night. And so I started pineappling my hair. And what that means is like I put it in a loose bun on the top of my head. And so when you're sleeping, you're not sleeping on the top of your head, right? And so that allows my ends to be protected um, so my hair doesn't dry out on the pillow at night. And so I think that has really helped. Another thing that I changed was just washing my hair a lot. And when we're you know coming up as young Black women, I think a lot of times we are told that water is the enemy. <laughs> we want to keep our hair straight. And so that means we don't wash it as much. Um, but I was listening to my hairdresser again talk about you know how we actually moisturize our hair. And she was saying the water is what moisturizes the hair. And so we use products to seal the moisture in, but you can't moisturize your hair without water. And so as I've been washing my hair every two to three days, wearing a wash and go, it's really forced me to hydrate my hair more. And so I think that's helped it maintain moisture, um, which helps it you know, be stronger and harder to break. And I've been letting my hair rest because I don't straighten it. I don't you know, really even pull it back in ponytails that often, at least not a tight ponytail. And so that's really helped my hair to grow as well. I think I've mentioned before, my hair is super soft. And so when I manipulate it a lot, it breaks. So that's really it, friends. I hope hope it was helpful for me to share a little bit about my hair story. I would love to hear your hair story. Um, I think we all have one, no matter what background you're from. Um, and I hope you will be able to use some of the tips and tricks that I provided. I wanted to also just remind you again that I do have this wash and go guide that also includes information about the tips um, on how I grew my hair over the past year. So if you're interested in that, just head to the show notes and you can download that. Um, until we meet again. Bye. Thanks for joining me today and for staying until the very end of the show. It would mean the world to me if you would follow the Rise Society podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep shining.